I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Kayak oh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host, Brad. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy you here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. I'm your host, as always, Jimmy Skinner. With me, as always, Dan Perry. What's up, dude? What's up, man? I want to get straight to it. I want to know, uh, how did the secret pond fishing go with the boy? I didn't get to make it. Oh, it was good. It was uh, me and my son, and then Lance Coley and his kid and uh, and his kayak. And we, uh, yeah, my, my son, Asa, come here. Hey, he caught his uh his two new personal best and then took a nap. Here he is right here. The fisherman himself. The hammer. What's up, Bubba? Straight from hockey. All right, watch out, watch out. But yeah, if, if he's gonna take good. over the show. <laughs> no. No, he's gotta get to bed. Well ah, take awesome. shower and then go to bed. He had two hockey practices tonight. But yeah, the uh we did that and it was a it was a hoot, man. Good time. That's cool. I uh Help do a little moving, and I got to go explore a new area for about two hours. Caught one fish, decided very quickly, F that whole area. Uh, looked really good, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Also, but, uh, I, I finally got a uh, a rack and roll trailer this weekend. I've been wanting one forever, and I finally you, found one. Where'd you find one? Did you, like, a used one? Yeah, a used one. I got it from a dude in Pensacola. He met me halfway, and I uh, got, like, crazy good deal on it, so, yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. I don't know what's up I'm with actually, this light. I, I look like I bleached my teeth or something. That's not what happened. <laughs> Got the pearly whites showing out. Yeah. I look like I'm representing the red light district back here. I meant to change it to <laughs> blue, but I don't care. Uh, but yeah, so uh, another great show lined up. Uh, this is the show that we were uh, trying to get last week, but it's uh, a little local coverage for me for sure, just a little bit north of Dan. 
Uh, we've got the the winners and the angler of the year from the North Alabama kayak anglers, uh, fresh off of their classic on one of my favorite lakes in the state, Wheeler Lake, which is most most everybody's least favorite lake. Nobody ever wants to come to Wheeler, but never been there. I don't. Know I how. would say you're missing out. I know if some of these guys would probably disagree with that, um, but they they can't really now because they all kicked ass at it. But without further ado, uh, we have the winner, Jason Moore, second place, Randall Wallace, and third place, Michael Cooper. What's going on, everybody? What's up, man? Gentlemen, what's going on? Appreciate y'all being on. Yes, sir. So real quick, um, I know because I'm I'm buddies with one of the directors. I know, uh, Randall, you were uh, after – so it was a two-day tournament. I'll get to this. And it wasn't a traditional two-day tournament. They were able to fish from, I think, like – was it like 12 noon – on Friday to, I think, 3 p.m. 11, 11, 11. Uh, 3. So, so 11 a.m. on Friday to 3 p.m. on Saturday. So you could kind of fish it whenever you wanted to and have a couple of chances of getting your fish. Um, but I know that uh, apparently after Friday, Randall had sent a message that said, F this lake or something like that. Like <laughs> he had blanked on Friday, but <laughs> I can't stand it. I don't know how you like it. I mean, it's got great backwater. That's usually ineligible for tournaments, but as a tournament, like it's terrible. I, I mean, for me, I, it's terrible. I don't like it. I definitely, I mean, I've, I've definitely got more success on the backwater, but I've started dabbling with some of the like main lake stuff. And it's getting better because the grass is finally coming back, but I still don't think it's there by any means. But uh, Jason, I know Jason likes it, but he's a backwater guy. Uh, at, would you say it's one of your top three lakes, Jason? Oh. I don't know if y'all can y'all can y'all hear him. No. Nope it was breaking up for me uh try coming back out and coming back in one more time jason we'll see if that works but uh coop i know you i'm pretty sure i could guess the area you were fishing uh what what do you think about wheeler um i kind of like randall said backwaters um main lake i've normally stay away from i live mostly on the north end so i fish i say north end i guess it'd be the east end of the lake so I spend most of my time up that way. Um, but I was actually went to a new spot, never been to before. Kind of scoped it out on the map for about two months since we found out Wheeler was going to be the spot. And just kind of winged it and rolled up and found a bunch of shad and ended up doing well for two days. That's awesome. All right, Jason, can you hear us now, Bubba? Let's see if we got you back. Still having a little technical difficulties, but yeah. um, well, let's see. So I would say I want to hear Randall's take on Wheeler. Well, give give a description of Wheeler to people that don't know anything about it. I don't know if this is a – I'll keep it kid-friendly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the, the uh, butthole of the Tennessee River. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in their right mind would ever choose Wheeler over Chickamauga Gunnersville, Wilson, Pickwick, Kentucky Lake. Nobody in their right mind would say, hey, I have five days of vacation. Grab the boat. We're going to Wheeler. 
I mean, he's it's not wrong not, there. No. I've got some time coming off up, and I definitely am not going to Wheeler, and I live 10 minutes from it. Yeah, I mean, it has it has great fish. You can look back at the years of the Bassmasters, and I think the last time they were there is when Takahiro won it, throwing topwater right out in front of Ingles Harbor. I mean, it has the fish, but it's it's not a kayak-friendly lake. It's, the launches are restricted for the most part, and... I mean, it's great for skinny water. It has more skinny water options than any other lake on the Tennessee River. It definitely does. But why, that puts why, a lot of people in the same area. Why are the launches restricted? Well, no, I say restricted. They are. There's not that many on the main lake. I mean, you limited. got a few. Yeah. yeah, limited. I mean, you got Ingalls, and you got up towards the dam, um, both ends of the lake, Gunnersville Dam and then actual Wheeler Dam. Maybe on the other side at the Elk River. But like mid lake, I mean, there just isn't. There is TVA areas. There are uh, like management areas. The WMA at Swan yeah. Creek, and but, I mean, do you really want to park your truck down there? I, well, uh, Randall can only say that because he's had some bad experiences leaving his truck places. <laughs> My man's came back and got had the uh, the old uh, oh, what was it called? Catalytic converter. Yeah, your oh, catalytic really? converter Damn. was stolen by one of your uh, crystal My methodists. It had uh, 700 miles on it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But you know what's funny? That's where I fished the two days for this tournament. <laughs> you were like, F it. I, do it again. Oh. I hung them out there. I literally t- I hung them out there and told them, you know what? I'm not going to let it ruin them, you know, ruin a good spot for me. Yet. Maybe I'll get lucky and walk up on them. I don't know. I, I've never understood. Like, where are they selling them? Junkyards. Oh, okay. I mean, we could get into the whole argument. Like, yeah, I don't understand so. how the junkyards even allow that. Yeah, like, you should yeah. have to do like a registry. There should be serialized. Like, you should have the photo ID. I mean, if you show up with seventy-four catalytic converters, what's well, so your, yeah. your your bigger scrapyards do? But it's the you know warrior warrior county like mama papa scrapyards. Yeah. They don't care because they'll just turn around and sell them to the bigger scrap yards, but, but back to talking about like uh limited ramp access and the ramps you do have like actual boat ramps. Most of them are like, not, I mean like Ingalls and uh, what is that? The yeah. Riverwalk Marina. Like yeah. those are near some decent areas. And I don't mean like I'm giving away any secrets, but there's kayakable water right there. Most of the other ramps on that lake. I mean, you got to really run to really hit anything, which just, you know, up until now, especially for the NACA guys, wasn't really ideal because y'all we didn't allow motors uh, up until going into next year. But uh, but NACA's an old school club with a lot of backwater guys anyway, so it's it's kind of cool to see how that plays out. If somebody but, could figure out that main river on Wheeler, they they could cash some checks because I guarantee you there wasn't ten people on it. Yeah, I didn't catch a fish off of it the whole time. And I tried. And, so, and you know they're there because the there was a turn. I mean, obviously this was in the spring, but there was a tournament on Wheeler earlier this year, and the guy came in with I think it's like twenty three or twenty four pounds of smallmouth, which as of lately is just not heard of on Wheeler anymore yeah. uh, after the big spray and all the you know the die off and everything. But uh, but yeah, so that was the lake that got chosen, and uh, you boys fished it. We're having uh, Jason's having some some uh, signal issues, but. Uh, We'll kind of get into it. So y'all, well, I know Coop, you've got experience on it, but you already said you kind of picked out a new area. And, 
Randall obviously has experience on it based off that last story. Uh, wh- what did y'all do to prepare for it? Did you put a lot of pre-fishing time in it or did you like j- kind of just wing it and do a little map study or just hope that, you know, history worked for you? Go ahead, Cooper. Yeah. So I didn't get to pre-fish any. Um, He's a working man. Man, between getting ready for this baby and getting the house ready, it took up all my time. So last chance I got to fish was a river stop pretty much, besides hitting up Gunnersville a few times, which is pretty much in the backyard. Um, so I didn't pre-fish any, but my spot that I normally go to at the river stop with the rain and stuff we had, we hadn't had too much rain, so the rivers were low. So had to shift from the river stop and say, Hey, let's go find somewhere else for the classic. So that's what kind of sparked that. Other than that, I probably would have went to some more skinny water and done a float. Um, that's more up my alley. Yeah. So, yeah. So other than that, no pre-fishing, no nothing more map study. And really that was it going off maps. And since I had two days and all night to fish, you were able to wing it a little bit more. If I knew yeah. Friday didn't work, then I had two or three other spots kind of in my back pocket. Like, let's go try these. So, did, did you but, give the nighttime bite a, a chance? Did you kind of hit it all three times? Uh, three I started. I started pretty much put in right at lines in and fished till about eleven o'clock that night, and then the rain was about to come in. Wind was starting to pick up, and so I decided to go ahead, go back home, grab a bite to eat, get a few hours of sleep, and I started back at. I woke up about four thirty, headed back to the river. So committed, man. I don't, think I've, ever even, I don't think I've ever even looked at it. I'm sitting here looking at the map. It looks juicy, man. Really does. Oh man. You got one side, yeah, and one side like it's bullshit. (laughs) You'll waller all in it. You'll just go to waller. It's one of those places that everything looks so good, and there are no fish in fifty percent of it. Yeah, I mean, even on the rivers, there's a bunch of dead stretches. So I mean, there might go two hours in a float, you don't catch nothing, and then catch 10 stacked up somewhere that's definitely man you especially so i've been kayak fishing up here since 16 i think when i met all you guys and wheeler's got so much good history even from the kayaks you hear about you know the guys winning in certain creeks on my end more towards the middle of the lake catching 24 inch largemouth up in a foot of water and guys like coop going down on the uh the east end of the lake and you know, getting on big smallies up in the current and stuff like that. And I've caught some good fish, but for the most part, it's just, it's feast or famine. And there was a lot of that this weekend. Uh, I like Nate, Nate's the director. Uh, I know he moved spots and went and caught up with Dan Sasser and he caught one, you know, really good fish up in the pads, but you know, it's just very random. It's just, I think it's because of, Everybody knows anything about Wheeler knows that it was sprayed real bad. There's just, like you said, there's so much dead area. And and there's areas that still even show that. You'll go back in some areas that should be the most lush, you know, fresh, oxygenated water. And it's just this nasty, dead, just mud flat of just nothingness. And, like, there's no, you won't see life. I mean, even in, you find, like, stagnant slack areas in, you know, anywhere else in the in the state or the country, and you'll see gar and turtles. You don't even see that in some of these places. It's just nothingness. 
Uh, mm. Which is like Randall said, though, you do see there are a lot of people fishing the same areas. You get a lot of, I say competition, but it's more company than anything. Uh, did you have any company, either one of y'all? I was just about to ask. <laughs> no, the other, the other than the people I fish with. No, I mean, right. I fished that I, section for river stops and wheeler tournaments for six, seven years, and we not one time had somebody else on it. So that's good. Yeah, same thing. Normally, I don't see nobody. So if I start seeing people now, I'll know something's up. But the whole time from the time I put in till I quit fishing, I didn't see another kayak or another boat the entire time, which I was surprised. So after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Eating better is easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That that probably kind of helped playing because there wasn't many fish where I was, but they had just started that fall transition into some of the creeks. And yeah, I bet you right now that place is on fire. So <laughs> yeah, I took off tomorrow to go find out. Not yeah. on Wheeler. I'm, I'm going to go to Gunnersville because like Randall said, I'd rather just go to Gunnersville. Yeah. But, uh, Wait, Randall, what, what all kayaks you got back there? You got oh, like eight of them, huh? He got a couple. <laughs> 360, an Outback, an HD, and a Kilroy. You ever get your boy out there with you anymore? Uh, He kind of retired since he's got older. <laughs> is, it, is that a Kilroy HD or a Kusa uh, HD? No, it's OG. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's that G.I. Jackson color they uh, got rid of back in like 2016 or 17. But that boat's for me more money and than any other boat, I promise you. <laughs> I paid for every other boat in here with that Kilroy. I swear. That's crazy. Even that Tennessee Bass Nation. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> more strictly in your uh, 360. Uh, I mean, big water, but like if it's grassy, if I know, if I know I have to pull that drive at any point, I take the Kilroy. Yeah. 
Well, that explains a lot more than on Gunnersville because I, everybody knows you kick most of our asses on Gunnersville, and I know the rough area you fish, and I've been back there before, and I was like, how the hell does he get this Hobie back here? Like, there's got to be somewhere to put in that I don't know about or something. No, I don't. I don't take it. Smart man. But uh, well, uh, so Randall, what about you? Did you uh, did you give it any real pre-fish, or did you just kind of wing it? I knew. I mean, once they drew Wheeler, I knew from that moment where I was going. It's like I said, it's, I fished it for river stops. I fished it for Wheeler tournaments. I think I've got – this is probably about the sixth second place finish I've got off this, that stretch. I mean, it's got fish. It's got good fish. I just – this time, two days, I couldn't get a kicker. I just – Yeah. But after Friday, I mean, I caught so many 15-inch fish. I was like, I'm just – I don't even know if I'm going back. and. I contemplated. I talked to Coop. I talked to Bo. I talked to a lot of people. I was like, man, I just don't know what to do. And then about nine o'clock at night, I was like, I know there's fish there. Like, don't be an idiot. Don't leave fish to find fish. And then they, the bigger one started biting. You know, I caught them three eighteens before eight thirty, and that was my last call. I couldn't get over another eighteen inch. Jeez. But the guy who fished with me caught a uh, nineteen and three quarter within arm's reach of me <laughs> was you and bubba fishing in the same boat again uh friday we fished together i joke around about there. that because uh i've i've judged some tournaments that uh randall's and uh his fishing partner have been in and they literally stay like close enough to talk to each other easily <laughs> because when their marks are coming in you know you have to check uh you have to check GPS coordinates to make sure there's eligible water and it pops up on Tourney X when you're director. And it literally, their dots are like, like <laughs> on top of each other. And I asked him about it one day and he was like, I want to say that there was a picture, I think, of one of y'all like with like your leg hooked over the other guy's boat or something oh, like yeah. that. I mean, so, y'all two yeah. are like, which means fishing partners is cool as shit. But yeah. I just always thought that was funny that I can't remember who it may have been uh, Nate that had said something about it. It's like, oh, yeah, they fish close enough to spit on each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny because, like, he'll be a day where and I'll catch. And you know, we fish many of these tournaments together, like Spro tournaments or uh, any of these TPK and knock. And we'll be that close. And his bite's a 16, mine's a 19. Like, it just don't, there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no, yeah. It, we're making the same cast as just I always get a better bite. And he just it eats him up. Man, that's I don't why know that's a good fishing partner to have, the one that you always beat. Yeah. and that, that's okay with it so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well uh well let's get into the the i'll say tournament day uh but we'll start from the friday in the beginning coop tell us about because i mean you you fished a bunch of time so yeah. start walking us up until basically you got off the water that first day yeah so i put in i fished around the boat ramp where i put in that and it was on the main river I guess I'll go ahead and say it. I was at the dam, so I fished the dam, and <laughs> it was uh, – they were pulling some current, but, I mean, getting a bite was non-existent. So I played around until I found a creek and went up in the creek and started to find shad, um, big balls of shad. But the, there was more gar than there was anything in there, and there was a bunch of life. Pretty much fished it out, and – I caught all my big fish, all my pretty much scoreable fish on Friday, and I got one kicker on Saturday. So the big bite definitely came from me on Friday. Um, but fished it the whole way, 
and pretty much they were positioned on the swings of the creeks on the inside points of the swing is where I pretty much got all my bites. Uh, they were stationed either on rocks or trees, um, lay downs and pretty much fished them shad style, either that or a jig. Um, between those two, pretty much did all my damage. And um, and what, what, these, what, 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 yeah, what's shad style? Oh, uh, well, I figured y'all that. So this is an old school bait. I don't know if y'all can see it. Old school. It's old school Sammy is what they call it. Yeah, I had a dad's exactly. buddy give it to me probably about 15 years ago. And it's a little, probably about two and a half, maybe three inch uh, walk the dog style bait. And it's got a little rattle in it. And anytime they're schooling on small shad, it's hard to beat. Um, either that or a little Kitek, little swim bait, like little three inch, something like that. Um, but they seem to only want either top water or something in the shad whenever they started schooling or I was having to pitch up in trees. It's like they were transitioning back into the back of the creek. Um, fish and fish probably caught six or seven fish on Friday, but they were all smaller, 12, 13, 14 inches. Um, ended up getting to one portion of the creek, and I was about to turn around, starting to get dark, saw a school of fish, and ended up landing three of my biggest fish out of that school. Um so it was almost like a luck thing. I mean, I could have turned around and missed every one of those fish. Um, but I went that 50 more yards, happened to see a school of fish, and ended up sitting there for probably about 30, 45 minutes and ended up catching five or six in probably a 25, 30-yard stretch. Um, but the first one was the biggest one. It was that it was like 19 and a quarter, right at 19. Um and it, it blew up right at the boat. I was about to pull the bait up and it blew up. So I love that. <laughs> oh, it was it was amazing. And it being the biggest fish. So that's kind of how that happened. And I had big aspirations for the next day, thinking, oh, I'm gonna go back. I'm on fish, don't leave fish. Cause I debated all night to change it up and go somewhere else, but I just couldn't couldn't bring myself to do it. Went back and I bet you I caught 10 to 12 fish on Saturday and cold up a half inch, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So may, may, maybe three and a half. I think it was like three and a half inches is what I cold up on Saturday off so, one fish. So, uh, stepping back just because you were talking about getting into the, you know, finding a creek, you already mentioned it was the, the inside arms of the swing, inside points. Or yeah. was it like real, real shallow, skinny kind of water? Did you have a lot of depth change? Man. So some Actually, of the around here for anybody that yeah. don't know, and it's the creeks most places, but around here especially, you'll have a lot of these like limestone bottom creeks that one side is like nothing. And I've seen some of them within six feet drop to like nine feet, like tra yeah. crazy outside drops. So what was it like for where you were at? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So the outside of the swing was probably maybe three foot and went up to like a one foot, just a shallow little bay. And the inside points were nine to 11 feet. I mean, they were they were around 10 foot deep running down on the inside swing. So they weren't shallow. They were yeah. deeper. Um, but they, it's good. like they were just using it for a stage just to keep, just to follow that bait fish on back. Yeah, good, good fall transition area where they still yeah. got that deep water real close to them well that's cool 
Well, uh, what about you, Randall? Uh, give us your first, uh, your your Friday. Launch, I guess, uh, 11 lines in. I mean, we put in, started peddling up, and we caught fish. I mean, there just was no size. I mean, I probably caught 25 fish. It was just 13 to 15. Um, any way you wanted to catch them with a fall bait, uh, spinner bait, chatter bait, um, swim bait, uh, Ned rig. I mean, we caught them any kind of anyway. Just wasn't no quality, and so we probably probably pedaled up maybe three and a half miles. I would say three miles maybe, um, just covering water and could never really figure out that bigger bite. I mean, it was there was no rhyme or reason to where they were. There was some in the slack water, some in the eddies, some in the current, um, some in the laydowns, some in the middle of the river. I mean, there was. Typical for me, typical fall fishing. Yeah. Anywhere, everywhere, any way you want them, few and far between. For were some. there were there lots of fish like piled up on top of each other? Let's say like get one bite and you could get two or three more rats out of it. Absolutely not. It was almost the complete opposite. It was pure random. I mean, mm. everything that looked like oh, you know, when you're river fishing, I go, oh, you know, there's going to be a fish in there. No. Then. You cast the line out to get a backlash out, and it blows up on a frog in the middle of the river. I mean, it was, <laughs> there was no rhyme or reason to it on Saturday, and I don't know if it was – we had supposed to have that big amount of rain, that big weather system was moving in. I don't know if that had them jacked up. You know, typically it makes them bite, I would think, but the bigger fish wasn't biting. Um, so we got into Saturday morning, launched at Lines in, and um, it was raining – kind of a real light rain, heavy mist, uh, perfect moving bait. And I mean, so I put on a, uh, white and chartreuse jackhammer and I mean, probably third cast caught 18. I was like, okay, might, you know, might be onto something and probably two or three casts later, catch another one on chatterbait. So I was like, okay, one more. And then I'm going to have to just hold this in my hand sure enough caught another 18 on it probably another five minutes later so i was like okay i'm gonna glue it in my hand and i did and for 40 minutes i didn't get a bite and i was like well i'm tired of throwing this thing so i pick up a popping frog and started just throwing it against the bank and current or eddies slack water lay downs uh undercut banks and it was that was the deal. I probably should have been throwing first thing. I mean, they were just crushing that frog. Well, there's an eye opener for me because when I fish a lot of moving rivers and stuff too, and I just don't ever throw that kind of frog. I always throw like a like a horny toad or something like that, like a little lighter. Yep. Um, that's good. That's a, I'm, I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody that's throwing a frog like that. But anybody that doesn't know Randall, this man was. Did you? Did you back to back or did you three peat the Spro tournament? Back to back. I didn't get to fish it that third year. Okay. So what I know of Randall and what he's known for to most of us around here is frog fishing on Gunnersville. I mean, Randall Randall's a, a frog guru. And just like you said, I mean, I've heard it come from Bubba's mouth himself. Y'all can be throwing the same thing in the same area. And Randall's just got that magic touch or something to it that some would call it luck. <sighs> Some would call it cheating. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think I he's just paid I mean, his dues. Uh, 
I don't know if I. Yeah, I got one. Curious to see what it was. Yep, I have that frog. See, it doesn't That's matter. <laughs> white, just a white popping frog, and I, um, like a most style, I like to cut the the legs a little bit different when uh one better, so it'll it stays in one spot. It's almost yeah. like a like a spook. You just twitch it, and it'll kick left, kick right, which and that seemed to be the deal where. You throw it up under a brush up against the bank and you would kick it once or twice and then would sit there and then they would eat it. Like it never got hit on the actual pops or it was that pause in between. Do you, do you boil them or do anything crazy? Just turn uh, it out a little? Sandpaper. I take sandpaper and I rough the top of them up, kind of thin out that top plastic. Um, okay. Some of them just get to a point where uh, catching a fish on them their teeth of the fish will kind of wear them down. Yeah. I don't bend my hooks. The only time I bend my hooks is I bend them in. If I'm fishing really heavy, thick, sloppy stuff, I bend them in because I would rather miss a fish or two than miss 50 casts cleaning my frog off. Yeah. It's kind of a pick your poison type thing. Um, I would rather, I'd rather be fishing than cleaning my frog off. And I don't care how weedless they are. When you throw in that real sloppy stuff on Gunnersville and it lands upside down or if it jump it over a log and it lands upside down, then you got to reel it in. So I'll bend mine in. But I'll rough them up. I'll put them in the, the truck window, soften the plastic. I get a couple, I'll throw them up in the dash and let them sit there for a week or leave them there all summer and get them out as I need them. Um, I've taken a heat gun in a pinch before, heated them up with a heat gun, send them. Sand them on the top. Um, it kind of gives a little bit more grip. But other than that, I mean, I don't. I now know that my frog game is way worse than I thought it was. I thought I was doing all right. What's your preparation, Jimmy? I take the bitch out of the package and I tie it on the line and I go catch fish with it. Apparently, I got to rethink this. Because I mean, what's your setup on all that? Yeah. Bending the hooks in can't be doing anything bad because you've landed tons of killer sized fish with them oh yeah but i man i'd love to tell you about the ones i missed and that's the god's honest truth frog <laughs> fishing is uh it's one of those things i mean you have to know that you're not going to catch every fish that you get a blow up on either they'll knock it out of the water you just don't get a good hook set um you get a great hook set and it piles up in 17 pounds of weeds and then it pins itself there and it gets i mean it's just one of those things if a lot of people get frustrated with it, but definitely. I, I, I enjoy legi- it. I legitimately think I missed my PB on Gunner's fell on a frog last I year. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, you oh I, I definitely know I have. <laughs> like it's know, always on Gunner's. <laughs> you know when it's yeah when it's a good one. It's I, I always say this when it sounds like Jesus drops a bowling ball. <laughs> that, that's when you know it was a big one. It, it don't matter if he blew up out of the water or just gulped it. There's a sound that the big ones make that can't that, be replicated. The, that gulp I've experienced three times, and it's the one where you know that, like you see in the videos, where the water just disappears, frog and all. And all three times that that's happened, I've had my head turned because it seems like I always like I actually do it on purpose now. Like if if I'm either like setting the hook early and pulling it out of their mouths, I'll start casting and I'll make sure when I'm working the frog, I don't look so that it's all a reaction. 
And that's happened three times in the last two years. And then you look back and you see a hole in the mat, you know, just you're like, oh, my God. Coop, didn't you get second or third in that one spro? Yeah, I think I, it was either third or fourth I placed in it. Um, I, I qualified for the dugout whenever it was on Chattooga. Uh, qualified for it all off a of frog. Caught every – all, I think it was like 100 inches off a of frog. Jesus. Out of one spot. So, we're talking to a couple of Alabama frog gods here, yeah. guys. Randall, I got uh, this been a I, lot of juice. <laughs> yeah, I, I have questions. Like, what, what what's your what's your rod set up? I mean, is it, it are you using something super heavy, or because you're, you know, you're walking it? Is it something a little bit lighter? I don't. I mean, I I personally use the Tatula Elite Ishman Row frog rod. Now it's expensive, I and mean, it's that's is it very expensive? But I can't tell you how much the weight of the rod plays into being able to th- just throw it all day. It's just like when you throw an Alabama rig all day, your arms get tired. You just get tired of throwing it. Frogs the same way. If you got a heavy, big 200 size reel, seven uh, eleven heavy, like you just don't want to throw it all day. Yeah. So I spent the money and downsize. Like uh, Robert Brown, Osprey Rods builds all my rods. I just. Tatula or Daiwa has a patent on those certain kind of guides. They're made of uh, carbon fiber. They weigh absolutely nothing. The rod weighs absolutely nothing. So and I told Robert, I said, hey, I, I, he fixes my rod. He can't even, Daiwa don't sell the guides. You can't buy the guides to repair it. Mm-hmm. They don't even sell them to the public. So, like, it's 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 expensive, but it's, What's your then, length and action on that one? Uh, I believe it's a 7.3 heavy, extra fast. But it don't, it probably, I mean, I wish I could weigh it, but um, it weighs absolutely nothing. And then I just use a Tattoo real, and I use the smallest one, the 100. Oh, really? A 100? Hmm. All right. Big braid? Mm-mm, 30 max. Dang, man, I'm throwing 65. <laughs> I'm, so I'm throwing that wrong. 30 twice as far as you're throwing that 60. Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> and that, th- I mean, you have a 30 pound braid. I don't know. I mean, other than alligator, nothing is going to break that 30 pound braid. What? What's but, your brand? Uh, Seaguar. Seaguar. Yeah. I gotta yeah. rethink my frog setup. Yeah, I use 30, and like I said, it cuts through the grass. It's thinner in diameter, so it cuts better. So if you get a frog, a fish in the in the thick grass, and just get that hook set, well, it's cutting that first two or three feet of that whatever's in front of it. So it's almost like, it like that. yeah, I use thirty. I can cast it better. I can put more on of it on my smaller reel. Mm. It's all about weight to me. Like if I'm gonna throw that frog, I'm usually gonna throw it all day long. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I go with the lightest setup possible. Five. I'm, uh, I'm going to go back and clip this, and I'm going to take me a bunch of notes because I've learned a lot on that. What about, I, I know, Coop, Coop, you weren't using the frog in this tournament, but, but just because no. I know you you smack them on a frog, what's your frog setup? Uh, so mine's a little different than his. Uh, I throw a Dobbins, so I don't spend a bunch of money. I got a Dobbins, yeah. Um, but I Fury throw two different reels. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it just depends on where I'm at. If I'm doing heavy grass, I'll go down to like a seven three, but I'll use a um, it's a quantum, so the HD, the smoke HD reel, 
mm-hmm. has a little bit more torque. So I use that one in heavy grass, but it's more sparse. I use an eight to one smoke. So a little bit faster. Um, I, I have a couple of the HDs. They're, they're good reels, man. I, I love the HDs, especially yeah. pitching, flipping, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, they're they're great frog rod or frog reel. And then I throw 40 pound most of the time. Uh, kind of like Randall said, I can cast it a little further. All right. Um, I feel like, man, I thought I knew something about frog fishing. I feel like a freaking idiot now. And I mean, it's kind of like Randall said, though, you're going to miss fish. And then being in a kayak and not being able to get that leverage on them, <laughs> is even is even bigger so i mean you're gonna miss fish um and you he was talking about modifications about the only modification i did mine is when the grass is real thick i got a frog or two that has a couple bb's in it some rattles i did um, that yeah other than that i mean you can do all types of stuff i've seen people glue velcro little patches of velcro on top i've been wanting to try that yeah yeah other than that i mean I leave them on my dash when I first get them to kind of soften them up. But I mean, you're going to miss them. So no matter what you do, I mean, you're going to catch some, you're going to lose some. So just take it and go. But I, had to, I, had to, just, okay. I had to look up that rod, Randall. I didn't know there was a difference between the Tatula Elite and the Tatula Elite AGS. AGS, those are the guides. Yeah. Huh. Yep. They're carbon, right. carbon. How, how much is that rod, Dan? I just got to know. The well, the regular elites one seventy nine to two hundred, and the AGS is two eighty nine to two ninety nine. So oh no, shit! We're bucks. still cheaper than Loomis. That's affordable. <laughs> <laughs> That's affordable. It's like, yeah, I mean, if, like I say, if, I mean, it, yeah. If you have like one, one your turkey. deal that this is your rod, your best technique, you've won all that money on it. Yeah, man, spend the money. Why not? Yeah. But that's not not shaking a stick. I don't personally own one, but I know Robert makes some fantastic rods over oh, there. Oh yeah, I got dude. His rods are so nice. <laughs> I got fifteen of them back there. I'll show you on this frog real quick. Like this is uh that brand new one I showed you out of the pack. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all can see that. It's just same. See how tight that is. Mm-hmm. This is the one I fished with in the tournament. Oh wow! Like you can even see it's got a little sag like, to it. You compared. can see the. You can see yeah. the stiffness in this one compared to this one. I mean, this one is absolutely mangled, shredded. Do you keep this yours in baby powder? Huh? Do you keep yours in baby powder? No, I just throw them in a box. I keep mine in, I put baby powder in my box. Keeps them look fresh. Keeps the but tails it, from drying out. Golly, buddy, the bits of freaking information we're getting out of this. Y'all gonna have to stop. Look at the, <laughs> look at the legs. So short and staggered. Brand new, short and staggered makes it walk like a like a walking walking the dog. Hmm. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You tying a straight to it or a loop knot? Uh, I tired. Uh, I forget what it's called. Just double in, overhand knot, pull it through. I mean, the most Palomar. simple. Yeah, Palomar. Yeah, just yeah. the most simple knot. It, you, you really got me with that 30 pound line. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that surprised me. I think I got some. I'm going to try that tomorrow. I mean, we'll see what happens. You'll be, be careful when you backlash that 30 pound. It's a lot worse when you, than that. <laughs> oh, sure. I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah. So, uh, you'll be amazed be prepared for that. that you get, the sensitivity you get. I mean, it's, hmm. it's just what I've kind of always used. And I mean, it's worked. So, I don't see any reason to change it. Well, I feel you. Well, before we continue, because I'm so curious now, we can just stay on this subject. We got to get back to the tournament at hand, though. Uh, so, Randall kind of told us how he got into his, uh, we'll say, final day of it. Coop, tell us about your Saturday. Uh, my Saturday was pretty much trying to chase him down because I knew where I stood in Angler of the Year, kind of going into it. So, yeah, we're, we're going to touch on that here in just a second. Yeah. So, that's <laughs> one reason why I stayed out so long because I knew, I mean, Every chance I got, I was going to need it. So, trying to track him down, fish the whole time, and I ended up losing one fish that probably would have called me up close to him. And we always talk about that one fish that gets away. But other than that, called up one time and probably caught 10, 15-inch fish. <laughs> every, every one of them I kind of throw on the board, nope, nope. Just throwing back all day. Well, what was your money um, technique for this event, though? Like you, you said, your two on day two was it pretty much the same, or did one same stand thing? Out? I went like pretty much day one. I kind of narrowed everything down. They weren't biting the chatterbait um, that well. Um, I did try the new slobber knocker out. I was interested. Like, let's try it out. I had one bite on the main lake, and it broke me off in some current. It was a mud line. Don't know what it was. Bit me at the boat. Ran me down, snapped me off before I knew it. So, but uh, so how, I was actually a fan of the slobber knocker. Yeah, how's that compare to the jackpot? Um, I have just as much confidence as that. I think I normally run. So I'm a jackhammer guy. Uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of my main go-to thing. Um, I normally have two to three tied on. I'm like the Chris Marks with all his rattle traps. <laughs> I, I, I run all types of jackhammers, so different colors, different sizes, different blades. Um, but I feel like I got just as so much confidence in that slobber knocker. Like I was, I was actually a fan of it. So I'll probably buy a few more of those and and keep trying out different trailers. And I if you know. haven't already, you need to try out the cross eyes from Z Man. Really? No, I hadn't tried that. It's one. it's like it's God. I think it's. 10 bucks maybe or cheaper like the, the heavy cover one yeah it's basically oh. it's got a little bit of a tie ties a little different than the jackhammer uh-huh. but it's just got a, a weed guard on it but in my opinion they almost run the same uh really? for, for how i fish it which is changing uh 
I, t- I got to talk with uh, Jody Queen at iCast. And so I usually like basically yo-yo a jackhammer or slow reel it just to feel it knock or I'll rip it up and you can feel it flutter down. And he was talking to me one day just talking about how it just darts around. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, you don't burn chatterbait? And I was like, absolutely not. And he's like, well, you're missing a lot of fish then. And the last few trips I've been on, I'll throw one of them out there and burn it back. And if you get it in clear water and watch it come around, I mean, it does. It just goes wherever the hell it feels like. And uh, that's how I got my first smallmouth on a jackhammer was burning it. So now I'm a believer. So that whole yo-yoing and hopping trick is probably gone now. You can talk with Nate. Nate will tell you all about trying different trailers, and each trailer will make that that chatterbait do something different. Other whether it be like a razor shad or a paddle tail or a mm-hmm. creature bait, any of those subtle changes to that jackhammer changes everything. What it does. I, so. I know a lot of people get into putting paddle tails on them. I, man, I've tried. I've tried them upside down, right side up, and all different kinds. I mean, it's usually like a, you know, the razor shad or. I like more of a craw trailer if I want to stay up, yeah. but I, yeah, I, I use razor sheds. Yeah, I use Kitex, Kitex, or some kind of craw bait, and depending yeah. on which had your pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, I, I started out using Kitex until man, you went through them so fast. I mean, you almost have to use a Z man on the back of it. If you're willing <laughs> to drive, I can get you. I possibly can get you a connection on them, like actual Kitex. <laughs> uh, I got some word passed down to me and I bulk ordered and the guy knocked the price down to very affordable. So now I, mean, I just buy them like 10 packs of each color at a time. Oh, they work. I mean, I think they, they're one of the better baits on the back end. Man, but. I've been trying to find a replacement for the Kitech Fat Impact Swimmers for two years and there ain't one. I'm sorry. There's other good ones, but when the bite gets tough, you can throw the Kitech and it'll get bit. Now, Sloan's turned me on to these big bite baits, those uh, kamikazes. Yeah. And that's what I threw this past weekend, and I, I changed it up. I liked them. I mean, they were actually uh, a good trailer on the back end. Yeah, that kamikaze swim on. Yeah. Yeah. That, the only thing I don't like about those, it seems like whenever you put them on a jackhammer, like they're, it's almost like they're eating enough meat to the bait to sometimes it, I don't know. So my problem was the hook kept going through the holes on the back end. It's like that hook wants to find the little holes that make the little bubbles, yeah. whatever they do. I had to like take that off the hook so many times. So that was probably the only downside to that bait. But you were talking about a paddle tail on the back end. Z-Man, I mean, that's probably pretty much the only paddle tail I use. But once you leave it on for a month or two, the tail can get warped. And what Jimmy's talking about with it darting and diving, doing off top, that's when you get crazy action. One of those tails will just set and turn, and it'd be kind of crooked. And it's almost impossible to get that jackhammer to run straight. <laughs> so, I mean, it, that's something I just learned. Didn't even mean to. And I used a crooked tail, paddle tail one day, and caught more off of it that day than I probably ever had. Golly, so, buddy, we're getting all I mean, sorts that, of It could have been luck. It could have been luck, but. No, it's that subtle difference, it. man. The subtle, subtle differences difference. is what, what sticks out in fishing, especially when shit's pressured. Speaking well, of so, tails, though, I uh, I was pretty high in a pretty high national-level tournament this past spring, and uh, I ran out of paddle tails, and my good buddy Coop gave me an on-the-water delivery of about <laughs> $45. Yeah. He wasn't even in the tournament. He drove from his house, went and picked up paddle tails and brought them to me, and I ended up finishing – Fourth wow. in that 
uh, trail series. <laughs> Good job. That's awesome. Solid, <laughs> That's awesome. solid, solid. I mean, luckily, there's like three or four tackle shops within 10 minutes of my house. So luckily, I was able to run down one and, and help them out. So. Well, next time that happens to me on gun, because I've I've I had a good day on Gunnersville one time where the bite was uh underspins during one of the NACA tournaments actually, and I broke off my last one and was just like shit. I'm on I'm gonna dial Coop's number up and be like, how oh, are you <laughs> sucking it up? If you are, I need you to run down to. <laughs> to <laughs> oh now if I'd have been in it, he would have been SOL. He would have been in for himself. I'll tell you what competition at that point. I mean, I, I know I'm with X-Zone, but the, the X-Zone three-and-a-half and the four-inch swammers, you don't hear much about them, but, I mean, they, they are really, really legit on, like, a on flashy, sw- flashy swimmers, all kind of different I things. I don't, I don't like the five, or I think it's five-and-a-half. It's the real big one, but for trailers, they're really good. I, they're okay, like, on their own, but... For trailers, they are great. I keep some in the kayak. That's something I would add about the Kitech that I think was what probably puts them away from a lot of the other ones is you can just put that thing on a swim bait hook and you don't have to get fancy with it. You can throw a white Kitech five inches all day and catch fish. Uh, <clears throat> well, just because it got brought up. So do either one of y'all, just because I don't have this here, do either. Actually, okay, first. Just to let everybody know how it finished, Jason, who uh, he had some technical issues and couldn't uh, get on with us, but uh, he finished the day with 91 and a quarter, and I know he was skinny water fishing because he's he's one of the skinny water kings in North Alabama. Uh, Randall ended up in second place with 89 and a quarter, and Coop, you were right back there with 87. So solid finish to the day, and this event helped determine Angler of the Year. So who knows what the standings were. Do you know the top few before this tournament? Because, like, Coop, you said you knew that you were chasing. Yeah, you know- so I know I was leading it for the first part of the first couple of tournaments, and then I think Blake jumped Randall and myself right there at the end. Blake Robertson. Blake yeah, Robertson. Blake Robertson. So he was in first going into it. Randall was in second, and I was in third. And I think Bubba was in fourth. I'm not sure who fifth, sixth, and seventh were. But the top three, this is what... Yeah, it was really about oh. the top three. Bubba had a long shot, but he was trying. So I, I got wind that uh, Blake was talking a little shit <laughs> in the director chat, uh, thinking that he had this locked up because it got drawn on his favorite lake to fish. So, Randall, tell us what he said. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was chirping. He was talking about it's a wrap and... Congratulations, and he was talking smack about me getting my catalytic converter stolen. Oh man, <laughs> see, he won. He won. Uh, he won the classic last year, which was on Wheeler. Um, and I won Angler of the Year last year as well. But he was talking crap because he won. But I tried to tell him. So, not only did my catalytic converter get stolen at the end of that tournament, but I had COVID when it. Like, got died in those three days prior. I had a huge fever. Like, I was, I mean, I had it. So, I fished that tournament, and I was struggling. I forgot my fish grips, and that's when NACA could use fish grips. And I lost by half an inch to Blake. But I had three fish over 19 inches that I couldn't put fish grips on. And if you know you can put fish grips on them, you're going to get another three-quarter to an inch out of opening that mouth. So, I literally gave him. He won. Fair and square, but 
I left my fish grips is the reason he won. So he was chirping me about how he won last year, my catalytic converter getting stolen. So I was like, thank God I got him. So, so and, and then, so I'm getting updates during the day because those guys call me during basically any tournament. And uh, Blake, Blake didn't call me this time, but Dan Sasser, he's one of the tournament directors, he was calling me. And he was like, uh, did you look at the leaderboard? And I said, yeah, earlier, because Blake was up in, I think, like, I can't even remember, like second or third place at one point. And uh, he was like, Randall just posted his fish and he jumped, uh, jumped Blake. And I was like, oh, here we go. And he's like, yeah, I called Blake and asked him if he'd looked. And he said, no. And he said, yeah, Randall just passed you. And he said, oh, no, I'm not going to win now. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so anybody that doesn't know anything about NACA, NACA is like the like the KBN of Alabama when it comes to like meme wars and stuff like that. It didn't get we've had some good ones and some questionable ones and some of the worst people that come through our group group get put out in the greatest ways when Randall and these guys get to posting memes and shit. <laughs> but uh there were some really good ones of uh what was it? It was the the guy that's usually holding the dollar bill, but you had him holding the angler of the year trophy. <laughs> oh yeah. Saying, no, oh, not yet, Blake. <laughs> you almost had it. Yeah. Gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> uh, I really wanted to hit on it just because Blake listens to every one of these episodes. I yeah. and I know that. So love you buddy, but I'll teach you to talk shit. Value Especially that. to Randall. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, so that like you said, so that's back to back angler of the year. That is that you've won three AOIs, haven't you? Or is it just two? Three, three, three. So he he's one of the dudes to beat in the state, as well as Coop. Coop. I've only think I've finished ahead of Coop one time. It was I've in had, a throwdown, and I hang my hat on that. I know I've had two runner-up Angler of the Years. I'm thinking I had three. If I wasn't, if we wasn't three, I had a third place finish. And I thought this was going to be my year until Randall then snuck back in. Because I had to beat Randall, I think, by like one spot. And I had to beat Blake by like three spots. Yeah. Came up short, so there's not always next year. Yeah. Start out strong. And there's some changes for NACA next year. So uh, yeah. just for anybody that uh, is listening, uh, NACA is one, one of the clubs that didn't allow motors. It's been a manpower club as long as they've been around. Um they voted to go motor. So uh, are y'all going to jump on that train? Or you think you're going to keep kicking ass the way you do? I think, uh, I mean, I'm, I'll say I'll end up probably with one just to make some runs. Kind of look at this Wheeler tournament with a motor. It kind of opens up some stuff that uh, you really wouldn't even try to do otherwise. Right. With the, with the ramp situation and, and different things. So if it saves you 45-minute paddle turns into a 30 minute joy ride i'm all for it i mean it i'm not gonna knock it you don't need it by any stretch to win it's not a no uh-uh. it's not an advantage um or i say it's not an advantage it's um it's an advantage for sure just like pedaling is over paddling but at the end of the day you still got to catch them yeah. yeah what about you coop you getting in on it um i've been in on the motors for a little bit but knocking never allowed them so I still got it. It sits there. Uh, I use it when I can. So, I mean, that, there's give and takes to a motor. I mean, there's a hassle and setup of everything. Yeah. I mean, there's pros and cons with any way you look at it, any way you go. I mean, you look at the Hobie BOS, I'm pretty sure that kid paddled the whole weekend. Yeah. So, I Jackson mean, Robanus. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it don't matter if you got motor. It's all about where you're at, what you're fishing, and, and how you fish. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. 100%. Yeah. Is, is the definitely... boat don't make the kayaker. No. So. It's just like live scope. It's just another tool. Yeah. Um, I was always weird about it. And then I got to try one one time. And now, like, I still love my float trips and dragging kayaks up the up the shoals and stuff. But it opens, like Randall said, it opens up so much more water to even just go check out. Like, you look at it on a map one day and are like, that is a hell of a pedal to get over there and it not be worth it. Well, now, oh, yeah. especially with the lithium batteries and everything, I'll run five miles on a chance for pre-fishing. You know, I mean, you could get over there and never seen a kayaker before it's so it's definitely a fun tool but it can also you can put yourself five miles away from fish too so amen it, it, <laughs> it's that. not a, i mean it's not it don't help you catch fish and make you might make you go look for more fish but that's not always a good thing and we when talked about it on here it'll make you even worse because you'll stop instead of breaking down an area you're you know you can run away and check yeah. something else out and you might you might have been in the right area and just not figured out the the pattern yet it's yeah. just like coop said man pros and cons i think it'll be cool to see next year I, and I, I don't think it'll be any surprise i bet you we'll still have plenty of guys cashing checks that are just paddling or pedaling I mean, when you look at coleman i mean i don't i think they made a comment that i don't even think a motor has won a tournament since no. they allowed it I, so i didn't know they allowed motors <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. and and our, our tournaments every year angler of the year and most tournaments are won by people who are paddling so mm-hmm. i mean it's you know in iron cities so that one that the motor motor being a like advantage as far as people thinking that like it literally is helping these people get more fish i feel like it's just been put to bed if you want that argument go to live scope live scope can make it but it's the same thing you can find the fish on live scope don't mean you can catch the damn thing well you make I mean, fish right. that fish for four hours you know well, i know a couple people Ran live scope this year, and if you're using your motor to run five miles on tournament day, you already you're behind the eight ball. If if that's what you're trying to do, if you're trying to run five miles to find fish, where well, you already got a problem. Yeah. Now using you could always use motor to practice. Now if you want to go practice with a motor for two days and go five miles this way, five miles that way, and find fish, and then you can go to them and catch them, that's totally different. But on tournament day, it don't change anything. I like TVK, whoever it was that's allowed motors, KBF, Kilroy. You find fish and you catch them. Like you don't, the motor just, it's just another tool. It's not an, it's not an advantage to, to where people should think that they have to have one to compete because they don't. Yeah. We'll have to start posting all <laughs> no. the results from like NACA and Coleman and stuff like that. I mean, I remember, uh, even when the pedal kayak thing started getting big, I remember, um, Oh, I can't remember that boy. He, uh, he won the NACA pickwick event paddling fishing ledges in an ascend and beat everybody out there in their Hobie. No graph, no electronics, just fishing memory and knowing where stuff was paddled all day. Cause I blew me away. Cause when we came into the weigh in, he asked me if I could show him how to set up his fish finder. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I don't know how this works. I don't really use them. And then I was just like, ledge fishing with no electronics. Well, clubs in Alabama, if you take the same 10 people and you give them motors and you took a different 10 people and you took them away, whoever's been there is still going to be there. 
Yeah. That's not going to change. No. Biggest thing, I mean, you had 35 mile an hour wind. It don't matter. Well, it's hard to fish. I mean, a motor's going to open up a few more things you can fish that day. Pedals are going to open up a few more fish. Things that you can fish that somebody who's paddling can't. But you take the wind away, and somebody who's paddling got just as much advantage in an area. Or during oh, the yeah. Time. And I, sure. I posted in this in Iron City where whenever we announced it, because we want to do it as early as possible. Like, I've looked at videos. I get five miles an hour with a Newport with a i have a big lithium battery you can spend a hundred dollars on a battery and get a 200 water snake and get like 75 percent of what i'm getting for so i mean yeah two thousand dollars yeah yeah i mean people have you know they're getting four miles an hour they might not get the the distance or quite the speed but for real cheap you can get you know you can get a motor on. No, there, don't so. get lost in the market. You can do it yeah. for next to nothing. And I before, oh, absolutely. Before and Newport I'll, vessels, I did it on the cheap. Yeah. So, I'd say I mean, on gunner tool, if anybody had an advantage, it would be the guy who's willing to paddle. And that's the God's honest. Amen. The guy who's willing to go through a mile of shit, thick grass that looks like a field. Yeah. That's the guy that has the advantage, not the guy running five miles an hour on the river channel. And oh, that's how absolutely. that's how I felt the first time I explored, really explored the area Randall's real familiar with, is I basically was able to motor from the ramp, we'll say a half a mile, and then the motor had to come up and it was push pulling and paddling. Yeah. And then I think about all of my favorite places to fish on Gunnersville, and that's it. Like you motor and not far, and then the grass is just so bad that it's but even like Drew Gregory, oh. I mean, how many tournaments and how many cash checks yeah. has he cashed? And he just exactly. paddles off in some skinny water, some slop. He don't – those – it's not an advantage. People just complain that it's almost pay to play, but it's not because you don't have to pay that to play. You don't have to get one. Mm-mm. You can keep whacking on them. Yeah. On the cheap, cheap. Stop. Well, uh so kick-ass tournament, um, and then congrats, Randall, on back-to-back AOI. Put the get Blake, take that shit, Coop. I think you got it next year. Hopefully it doesn't get drawn on Wheeler again. It's a uh, dynasty. <laughs> but uh, keep that down. aspirations for state. So uh, our state championship is going to be on the lower Coosa and on Lake Jordan, big spotted bass fishery on the, the lower end side. What, y'all got any predictions on that? Any hopes? Somebody's gonna catch them. Yeah, somebody. Hopefully, it's me. But I don't know. It's a, I think it's it's kind of tough in October, to be honest. And some people are going to turtle. Oh, oh yeah. I definitely. I've Wallace, lost a lot of gear on that river. Yeah, Wallace Towing and Recovery will be out there on Saturday, helping anybody that needs help. Didn't your uh, what was it? Your brother or brother-in-law that turtled like three or four oh, times yeah. last year? That was it was. My brother-in-law, Bubba, Coop. <laughs> yeah. Was it you I rescued? I had to rescue you Ma- too. Made it? it to the last rapid. Made it uh, to the last one. Didn't have anything strapped down because the day had went so good. Boom. <laughs> Boom. It happened. So, I'll tell you, strap your stuff down. Have extra bungee cords, extra leashes. Like, take memorable gear. Like, yeah, it is. It's no joke. Go left and drag if you don't feel comfortable. Don't, I don't bring think that hot dollar frog rod. 
Yeah, but the year before it was like it rained a bunch. It was like seventeen or eleven thousand, twelve thousand, maybe CFS. Like it was broke my paddle halfway through. It was Jesus. quick. Wow. You know, and I, I've been talking. I'm not familiar with the area. I've never been down there, so I've been talking with the local clubs down that way while I set the tournament up. You know, and I was talking to them. I was like, backup plans. I was like, if we get a lot of rain, you know, does it make it kind of unsafe? Should we do, you know, a plan B on uh, just Jordan and they were like, no, they were like, there's so many slack areas you can get to on the river that fish better when the water's high. We do it all the time. And it's like, I've believed that, but it's like a safety thing. Like, I don't want an inexperienced paddler going down there and getting in 15 to 17,000, you know, getting blown down that river. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's for uh, in, inexperienced anglers in general in that set. Is, is tough and then even that river i mean even when it's summer sunny day there's places you could just get yourself into some trouble yeah, yeah. it's just it's just how it is but it's it's beautiful fish i mean beautiful fish i mean they fight if you think smallmouth fight i mean that's the next next best thing yeah, i ain't small, never caught a but smallmouth fight up yeah they fight down alabama bass fight down yeah, and, and it's it's legit. Like if if you've never been there, I mean, you know, if somebody's thinking about fishing it and they qualified for it, you can legit catch a PP Alabama oh, down there. Yeah, they, I think I'll every think year somebody catches one over twenty inches. Yeah, wow. Every year someone catches one, at least one over twenty, yeah. and there's usually quite I a few good bags. Like twenty-two down there a couple of years ago. Yeah, I caught a they're, twenty-two and a half on a whopper plopper. Yeah, they're they're freaks mm. down there. Yeah, they're awesome. And up by the dam, some big old striper too. Up by the dam. That's what I'm torn. I'm not going to get on the water Saturday, uh, obviously, because I'm running the tournament. So I'm going down Thursday, and I was thinking about doing, like, do I want to fish the Coosa for spots, run down, go fish for shoal bass, because that's a bucket list fish that I haven't got yet, or go fish big striper at the dam. I hadn't decided yet. Well, I'm kind of worried about how many people are actually going to be on the river. So, I mean, it kind of makes me want to go to the lake. Don't go to the lake. Dan, Dan's been the highest finisher at the lake the last two years. And he's really? never finished higher than seventh. But he was the number one on the lake. That's what he I've was never like, seen it. I won't do never it Never looked at it. It's, it's good. I mean, you know, if if it's tough because there's not a lot of launches on Jordan. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of places I'd love, like I've been at a boat that I really like that maybe you could compete, but the places without a motor that you could reach in a kayak, it just doesn't compete with the river. Is the state going to allow motors this year? No. I haven't even heard yet. No. Next year, but not this year. That's what I'm, they, I'm answering for, Jimmy. No, no that's fine. No, it's yeah. fine. I mean, it was asked with the directors and they agreed no. And then I found out that last year they were. So now I'm like, well, Maybe we should just let it happen, but I'll have all the details out this week. I'm waiting on the camping information. I've got everything else locked down. I've had a bunch of sponsors step up with all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, I can go ahead and say it here. $500 is being added for added in for big bass. So biggest bass of the weekend is getting $500 from the city of Wetumpka. Um, they're hooking us up with some t-shirts. I'm trying to get us a deal at one of the drink, the pubs down there, all sorts of stuff, but it's, they're taking their time and but they're putting the work in so i I appreciate that from them i think we'll have a good time um i'm sure i'll be handling handing randall something because 
I think Randall no. has won money every time I've held a tournament. Period. Yeah, not on the not on Kusa. I've never, <laughs> never cashed a check there. You can. At, um, you might as well write a check to Lance right now because I, oh, yeah. I, th- I think he's won one state two or three times down there. Yeah, uh, that one the open division. The very first time we ever had a state championship, walked away with my first trophy ever. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, uh, trophy that, got trophies coming. Um, it, it was messed up the first year I fished it, and I got seventh. If I a uh, spot rolled down to me, and if I would have fished the opening rather than the thing, I would have won. won I, <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to be like, oh, I'm in the championship division because it was my first time, and I, yeah, I screwed myself. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I, I appreciate it, Dan, because I think you had told me that story one off one day. Oh, did it? So, I, oh, so I appreciate that. Oh, I, I, I didn't. I didn't even know. I forgot it was. You know, I, I wasn't saying it like. No, I, I actually I yeah. forgot you had told me that story. I didn't know I had no. told you that. I'm sorry. That's no, I thought I just kept it to myself and cussed quietly, you know. <laughs> One last thing to touch on, and it's because I was mentioning giveaways. Randall, do you have you started winning giveaways yet? Because I know for oh, it was as long as I've been with NACA, it is comical at the NACA. Everybody, uh, the, the NACA classic, saying is you show up for the, had, way, uh, for the giveaways. At the Classic, I think we had 18 raffles to give away, and it was like 28, 29 people. Well, yeah, but not everybody showed up. So it was to the way there's only like two tickets left over. Over two tickets left, and guess who's one of the ones that was left? <laughs> They're like, all right, raise your hand if you didn't get your number called. And I'm like, <laughs> like I, I I'm genuinely think they take my number out and like put it in their pocket. We've every like like I was saying, uh, Naka's little saying is we're just here for the giveaways. We always have lots of raffles at our any of our trail stops, not even just the classic. And I've sat at a table with Randall and seen the frustration. And I, I'll never forget it was Pickwick one year, and you said, "I swear to God, if y'all call me for that stupid pack of baits, I'm gonna spike that crap right in the floor of this restaurant and walk out." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, Oh man, this is like a mega shout out. I mean, if you made it this far in the show and you're within driving distance of fishing at NACA event, they are absolutely without a doubt one of the top two or three clubs in the country that you could possibly imagine to fish. The best giveaways, the best guys, the best y'all have some of the best water in the dang country, the most diverse stuff from you know, from Smith, some Smith to Gunnersville. I mean. You know, Pickwick, when, when, man, yeah. like I heard somebody, somebody on KBN not too long ago asked, like, where's the best place to be in the country? Chattanooga, North Alabama. I mean, one of those two. Yeah. You're either sitting on the best in the country or you're within driving distance to the rest of them. Like, it's oh, a mecca. Yeah. I can't well, believe I, I landed. We have a lot of good fishermen in our group. It's because we're so diverse. I mean. Yeah. Like you said, within an hour, you're fishing different water. NACA's so like a difference for anybody wondering between NACA and or Alabama in general, and the Tennessee clubs. Tennessee clubs are all ran very, very well, very professional. A lot of your big national anglers fish that. You know, you go to finish a Tennessee tournament, you're fishing 100% against the known best anglers in the country, probably going to get your butt kicked. Well, if you think you're somebody and you come down and fish a NACA event or an Iron City event, they're going to beat the shit out of you most of the time. Like these boys have got this reminds me of like the Tuesday night tournaments on the Warrior River. Some Joe Schmuckatelli you've never heard of will outfish anybody on, you know, their their body of water. And that's that's what NACA's always been like. It's very 
like old school feeling. And it's fun. Like it's like a big family of people. And like shame on you if you win a tournament because they're going to make fun of you. Oh, yeah. You're going to get ridiculed for yeah. sure. It's the only club that if you win a tournament, it's way worse. I remember Randall ran around with runner-up Randall name for a long time. Oh, that's what I was just looking at. I got all these checks on the wall and my name ain't even on It's some kind of stupid slogan. Or... <laughs> it says no shipping or runner-up Randall. Or... Bump stickers. Yeah. Bump stickers. I know there we and the, the, another thing in the like the leaders throughout state for the clubs. They um, were like, we're trying to get together like they do up in Tennessee with cast and um, and everybody's talking about it. And and we're trying. I know somebody had suggested doing like where events are going to be where we have joint events with clubs. Those will be like there'll be a high roller pot on top of those events. So it'll be like kind of like a high roller pot for three or four different tournaments through the year. So. We're, Alabama's trying to get our stuff together. Nack hey, has been the leader for so long. I'm I'm excited. You know? it, it like we're the last to the uh the standard, but it's I'm glad it's happened. They went five fish this year, most of the clubs. <laughs> they went hands on, no fish grips, no mouth open. It's exciting. It's like, yay, we're like everybody else now. Yeah. But, Speaking uh, of clubs joining, I think TVKA has their classic on Gunnersville this weekend. So they, they have like my... the, the Iron Man deal, right? Yeah. Starts yeah. Friday at three and ends Sunday at three. You fish that Randall? Awesome. Did you fish with them enough? Did you yep? I, I think anybody <laughs> can fish it. I think <laughs> anybody can fish it. They have like a little side pot. Oh, that's no. right. I think I fished. Well you just have to pay uh, twenty extra if you didn't fish any of the turns. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm throwing my hat in. Yeah, I'm gonna fish it. I'm gonna come sit with Randall. Of course you are. I mean I'm telling you, I mean they they got some of the best fishermen around. I mean, you're not wrong about that. So I enjoy fishing with them. Heck yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys hopping on with us. We've kept you for long enough, but y'all did great in the classic great fishing years. It was really cool that not only were y'all the top finishers of the event, but y'all were the top of the top of the boards for Angler of the Year. So uh this is the part of the show where we like to give uh give you guys a chance to shout out, you know, any of your sponsors or anybody that makes uh fishing easier for you. So Coop, if you want to start. Yeah. Uh I guess I'll start with my wife. I mean, she supports me and everything I do and probably wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't for her. So shout out to her and all her support. So other than that, pretty much run solo now. So running solo. He uh he divorced us with New Canoe. That's yeah, I hadn't been I hadn't done anything with New Canoe in a while. Yeah. Great company, great boat. I still have one, still run it. There's nothing wrong with them. I just I had I just I don't do nothing more. I just rather fish and do stuff with my family. I hear try you. to put a lot of time into it. I'm not a big social media person. Don't like being in the spotlight much. So I hear you. Well, heck yeah, man. Well, Randall, what about you? Man, I just got a couple. Obviously, dugout. Everybody knows what those guys are doing from the I, you know, the title sponsor for the Ike tournament down to all the just supporting us, the Angler of the Year and NACA. I mean, they're doing it all like, from Jackson to Hobie. They got every, anything and everything. I mean, they ain't got to be much selling to do. They kind of sell themselves. So, and Seaguar, I've kind of been on them with them for two years, and the best. Love it. I love it. I mean, I, I can 
constructive criticism on some few things, but overall they've been good stuff. And Spro, um, shoot, I've ninety nine percent of my money comes off a of Spro, of Spro turn uh, frog, so <laughs> they gave me good give me a good deal on them. So I appreciate them too, and definitely my wife and everybody else that gives me crap along the way. And, and big thanks to your son for not uh, fishing the tournaments anymore because I'm sure he'd be giving it to you by now. Oh, man, he was doing good for a while. He, he was kicking good. some ass. I mean, I, can't, I think he was like 14, 15 the last time yeah. I got to fish against him, and he put a hurting on us. He qualified for state through NACA in top 10 for Angler of the Year. It's like 14. Yeah, he's He a got older and got into sports and girls. And... That's right. Blame him there. <laughs> He'll figure it out one day and come back to fishing. He will. I figure about 19, <laughs> 20 years old, he's going to turn right back into the water. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate y'all, too, for having us on. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Putting together what you do to... for running state and Dan for doing it. all the stuff he does and down with his group. And hopefully we can get some tournaments together, see some new water. We're we're trying to for next year, so hopefully we can. Do like a, I'd love to get down there and fish some of that stuff I hadn't seen, and I'm sure some of those guys would like to get up here. Come on, Anti. Hey, I'll show I'll show you a Coosa, a Coosa River Lake. You show me a little bit more at Gunnersville. We can work that out anyway. I'll give you oh, a, I'll give you the A one spot on Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with I, what uh, with KBF coming there next year, national championship, you might have to. I think know. the opens are coming this uh, year. Fast uh, opens announced they were the second tournament. Imagine yeah. on Wheeler. Imagine 400 kayak anglers on Wheeler, all jammed in 13. Yeah, 380 spots. of them are going to be in like three spots. <laughs> That's the only, like, yeah. I looked at it like, oh, KBS coming here for championship. And I was like, well, that's a good chance to make some money, though. And then, you know, they haven't had the numbers that they've had in the past. But, I mean, you have to think about they've had in the sixes and the 400s before. Even if they did 300, I mean. Wow, yeah. man. I mean, if, if, All you ever, if you're ever going to fish KBF, you know, next year might be the year with the Classic being there. I'd like to see how it holds up between pre-fishing and then the tournament. That's what well, I was about you to see say. how it does with They're just crush it. 28 anglers. Mm -hmm. Is it already sucks. So <laughs> it's uh, be yeah. like the national championship with the smallest limits. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, there's great fishing all around here. But I mean, I wouldn't say Wheeler's the top. I think uh, it would be cool if they did like Wheeler Wilson combo or something like that. We like, don't know why it's Wheeler. Just did a Wheeler Lake. Yeah. I Means put that two and two together. Right. That's how that happened. Yeah. It ain't because the fishing's good. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but, but all right, guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all. Appreciate Thank the board of directors for NACA, too. So, yep. Thank you for all y'all do. For sure, man. We'll, uh, we'll let y'all go, but uh hope to have y'all back and see y'all in the future. So thanks again, and y'all have a good night, boys. Yes, sir. See you, Coop. See you, Randall. See y'all. All right. That was a, we got a lot more juice off that episode than I was ready for. I love that. I really yeah. have, dude. My frog game is not where I thought it was. I've done the whole, like, set it in the window thing, but I knew I was in for something when he was like, yeah, sandpaper. I was like, uh-oh. I'm off. That's pretty cool, though. Well, uh, we'll get to I'm, some turning. I'm, spool, I'm spooling up 30 pound line tomorrow. I'm literally staring at a spool of it right now. 
just that, the, the the casting distance. Whenever he said that, I was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and what's funny is I was, like I said, I throw fifty or sixty five. I was throwing a frog uh, last weekend when I went out for a couple hours, and I was just like not feeling like I was getting the distance like normal. And I mean, that's still not a bomb cast. No, I mean, you can throw it pretty far, but you think about like how far you can throw a 20 pound braid, like you can send it to the moon, you know? So, well, all right, we're going to get into some uh, other tournaments we had around the country and uh, we've got just a few. We'll start off with the New York uh, kayak bass fishing group, NYKBF uh, on Cayuga Lake. Uh, what's this one's with a K? I hadn't seen this one oh, before. Kuka, uh, two day tournament, forty anglers. It was their state championship. First place, Jake Moulton with one hundred and seventy four inches. Second place, yeah, second place, Jose Vuitone with one seventy three and a quarter. And third place, Darren Schwinbeck with one seventy one and a half. Uh, next up from there, we have the Foothill Kayak Anglers of North Carolina. Uh, it's a re- they call it the Reservoir Battle Lake James and the W. Kerr Scott Reservoir. 32 anglers of the three fish tournament. First place, Kenley Martin with 50 and a quarter. Second place, Steve Simpson with 48 and a half. Third place, Mark Wil- Wilkins with 47. Next up's the Kayak Anglers of Western Pennsylvania, the River's Edge Steel City Classic. Uh, any moving water in a 50 mile radius of River's Edge Canoe and Kayak. So, kind of like the river stop that gets done down here. Uh, 56 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Jeffrey Rabbit with 85 and a quarter. Second place, Chad Claypool with 84 and a half. And third place, uh, Dane Province also with 84 and a half. Next up's the North Carolina Bass Nation Kayak Series State Championship on High Rock, Baden, Tuckertown, and Tillery. 63 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Austin Vang with 89 and a quarter. Second place, Mark Glend with 84 and a half. And third place, Bruce Deal with 82 and a quarter. Uh, the big big tournament that everybody wanted to check out the last weekend was the Hobie BOS on Lake Dardanelle, which uh, we're going to try and get those guys on uh, next week uh, since this week was a reschedule. Uh, wanted to go ahead and get it taken care of. But Hobie's two-day tournaments, everybody knows. Um, smaller, I think it's one of their smallest turnouts of the year, um, 141 anglers. Uh, first place, Jackson Robanus with 165 inches. Barely edging out second place, Francis Tran, who also had 165 inches, lost to the big fish. Um, but mm. uh, third place, Jordan Marshall's having a really good end of his year with 163 and a half. So he was right there too. But yes, Jackson Robanus, the son of you know the great Fred Robanus that everybody knows about. Um, he got talked into the tournament. If you haven't seen the video, go check it out on Drew Gregory's page. Um Drew got to hang out and talk with him before he knows them and talked him into getting into it. And he paddled those two days and did fantastic first kayak tournament, first time in a kayak and won a high level tournament that right there lets you know that that good fishing runs in that family. But uh, yeah, so congrats to him on that. Hopefully we see him uh, stick to the kayak stuff a little bit, dabble with it. Uh, Moving on from there, we have the uh, kayak anglers of Missouri on Mazingo Lake. 26 anglers. First place, Alan Birding with 84.5. Second place, Kyle Savner with 81. Third place, Christopher Cramsey with 78 and three quarters. The Central States, uh, next up is the Central States Kayak Series Championship on Crestown, Iowa. uh, Or in Crestown, Iowa. uh, Two day tournament, 31 anglers. First place, Chris Longshore with 177. Second place, Rick Valdez with 166 and three quarters. Third place, Sam Burke with 165 and a quarter. Next up's the Oregon Kayak uh, Bass Fishing Tour on 
Takanich Lake, 28 anglers. First place, Jason McClear with 75 and a half. Second place, Kyle Dickinson with 74 and three quarters. And third place, Brandon Hua with 72 and a quarter. Next, next up is the SEKA Championship event out in San Diego, California. Two-day tournament. Uh, San Vicente in the lower Ote. Didn't we find out we've been saying that wrong? Yeah, it's Ote. <laughs> uh, 31 anglers, five fish limit per day. First place, uh, Stephen Bilkner with 162 and three quarters. Second place, Brandon uh, Cabrales with 150 and a half. It's a big gap between first and second there. And Justin Maupin with 147 and a quarter. Last two, uh, Bluegrass Kayak Anglers Cave Run. Uh, 46 anglers. It was a joint event with the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Club. First place, Brandon Hayes, 66 inches and five fish, the only angler to catch a limit. Second place, Jeffrey Stewart with 57 and three quarters. And third place, Kyler Branham with 51 and three quarters. Um, going down from that, you have the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Club, which was also going uh, on with that tournament. Uh, they had 42 anglers in that, but there is a little bit of a different uh ending because uh, i guess these guys didn't double dip but first place a uh, good friend of the uh, paddle and fin group uh, michael grimsley 70 and a quarter the only angler to limit in that tournament second place kyler Branham with 51 and three quarter and third place chris yonk with 42 and three quarter so that's it for the tournaments around the country not too bad getting closed down uh what you got going on coming up dan anything planned for the weekend well this weekend i'm the host of my wife's going out of town, so I'm not getting a fish, which is, is fine. But the um, but the Kingfishers or Coos Kingfishers KFL, obviously our team, where we have a home game this weekend against uh, Southern Slayers, who are kind of some of the guys are local, so should be tough. If and this is where y'all at? We, uh, it's at home. We're at home the rest of the season. Well, we, I mean, like what's y'all's home lake? Neely Henry. Neely Henry. Sorry. Yeah. So if we win this one, it'll either be Virginia or Arkansas Hogs come here, and then the championship on chick. So this is the start of the playoffs for y'all? Last week, yeah, for us. Last week was wild card weekend. So there's this weekend, the 8th, October 8th, and then the end of October's championship. So Hell yeah. that's all that's left. Heck yeah. Well, good yeah. luck to you on that. Hope uh I'm not getting I'm well, you're just, not getting well, good luck to your yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm hosting the the live, so there Sweet. you go. How about you, man? I'm supposed to be helping. Uh, this is the, if I remember correctly, this is the last weekend that you can pre-fish for Pickwick for the upcoming uh, Bassmasters kayak uh, event uh, in October before the water goes off limits. And I'm still dabbling whether I'm going to do it. I don't think I'm going to get to because I just finalized. I, I'm going uh, red fishing uh, at the end of October for like six days down in uh, Grand Isle, Louisiana. With really? A bunch of, yeah. A uh, bunch of my buddies are uh, going down there. I got invited. I didn't think I was going to get to make it, but figured out a way to make it very affordable. So um going to run down there and do that first time ever. Man, Grand Isle, that's trip of a lifetime right there. Yeah. They, they, uh, two of the guys have got some good experience there. Uh, I reached out to our co-host, Dustin Nichols. Dustin's got a lot of experience there. Um, but we're curious to see how it was. They tried to go last year, but it got blown out by the hurricane, like completely destroyed. Um, and like all the grass in the area got sucked out and, you know, sucked out of the marshes and stuff like that. So uh, looking forward to getting down there and hoping it's good. Um, Just bring a double sparkle beetle rig. 
that's all you need. Now you just tell me what the hell that means, and we'll figure it out. Because right now, I'm like bulk buying paddle tails, and well, I think it was uh, like the Z-Man Easy Shrimp. Like, gonna go down there and mess them up with some Z-Man stuff. That's what what I've been told to buy. So, but uh, yeah. But as far as this weekend, yeah, I think we're going out to Pickwick. Go go dabble around and uh see if the fall pattern started there it definitely was not two weeks ago so we're gonna try one more time and i found some juicy new areas that i didn't realize were uh kayakable that i'm gonna go poke my finger in but that's about it cool well all right folks it's been another great episode uh thanks for sticking with us as always uh definitely if you've made it this far you got some really good juice on some uh some chatterbait and really some frog information uh Hope everybody enjoyed it. We will see everybody next week. Like I said, going to try and get the Hobie guy, Hobie winners on for next week. But until then, we will see y'all and everybody be good. Peace. Later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.